0: Welcome to the Health Focus Podcast, brought to you by Memorial Healthcare, where we discuss current trends and topics in healthcare that are important to our local Shiawassee community. We are coming to you, as always, from the Now Building and our podcast studio. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Gregory Flamon, a general surgeon here at Memorial. With me here today is Dr. Michael Tuzinski, and today's topic will be about insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. Michael, thank you for joining us. Why don't you start out telling us a little bit about yourself before we get into our topic. Thanks for having me here. I'm a family doctor.
1: I practice uh, with Memorial over in Perry, Michigan. I have the benefit of seeing a spectrum of diseases across a spectrum of ages. uh, Simply put, uh, I treat my patients like I would treat a family member, and that's uh, not only to encourage and treat people so they have a long life, but a healthy lifespan, in my opinion emphasis on cardiometabolic disease is the most impactful way to
0: accomplish that. Well, thank you for joining our Shiawasi community. Primary care is in such a need nowadays. So it's great to see younger doctors, you know, going into that to strengthen what as many people believe is a very unhealthy community. Shiawasi in general is not a healthy community. And so it's, it's good to have people with that passion. So talking about insulin resistance, why is that such an important topic nowadays?
1: Well, first and foremost, it's important because uh, when we look at the top 10 causes of mortality in this country, most of them uh, are causal, if not a, a direct implication of insulin resistance. We look at the top uh, causes of mortality like uh, heart disease, uh, neurodegenerative processes like Alzheimer's, uh, cerebrovascular diseases, strokes, nephrotic syndrome, nephrosis, type 2 diabetes. My wife will always remind me. When skiing, that accidents and unintentional injuries uh, make the list. But realistically, we have a source for most of the top 10 uh, top ten forms of uh, mortality across the country. And so we should be managing it every opportunity we can. And just to put things a little perspective from a numbers standpoint, when we look at the uh, NHANES data from the CDC, insulin resistance affects approximately ballpark 40% of the population. When we look at the substrate of that population, specifically in adolescents, that rate climbs um, in the 50%. In adults with uh, battling obesity, the rate skyrockets to the 70%. So the majority of the country is going to be dealing with this at some point realistically.
0: Okay. So insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes, kind of give us a rundown where they all fall on the spectrum of, you know, of diabetes. Yeah, pancreas. Yeah,
1: Ty- type one diabetes first and foremost. It, when we're talking I- insulin resistance, type one diabetes, type two diabetes, it's all dealing with insulin. That's the lock and key model we learned about in uh, medical school. So in the fed state, um, and this is particularly important in type two diabetes, insulin resistance. In the fed state, we go eat something. We have the donut. We have our coffee with our uh, sugar in it. Um, our body needs to regulate that blood glucose, and to do so, the pancreas is going to excrete insulin. Insulin locks onto uh, receptors on metabolic cells, and the function is to maintain homeostasis balance. Too low of glucose, we lead to problems. Too high of glucose continuously, and we're continuously releasing these chronic uh, insulin numbers, and our body basically just starts giving up. The cells kind of put their hands up, so to speak, and say, I, I can't keep doing this. There's just too much sugar all the time, and uh, complications develop. Um that's insulin resistance in a nutshell. If it stays around long enough and becomes severe enough, we'll develop into type 2 diabetes. So you can, in a nutshell, look at this as a precursor to type 2 diabetes. Um, type 1 diabetes is the complete absence of insulin. That's a autoimmune genetic uh, component people are often developing in adolescence and youth. There's no insulin to be had. And so historically, these people live short lives. Uh, they would be and host to a slew of, of disorders and complications because their pancreas just does not produce any insulin whatsoever. Up until the 1920s, when there was a famous uh, Canadian uh, doctor, Banting, who him and his team discovered insulin, and it revolutionized uh, the treatment and the management. So we treat generally type one disease after lifestyle factors with insulin. That's really the only option. Uh, type two disease and, and uh, insulin resistance, we have a whole way of
0: tackling these issues. So. We talked about who develops these conditions. So you see mostly obese patients, it seems like. Do you test everybody or how do you develop a diagnosis or, you know, get to that, the point where you say, hey, you have insulin resistance. Do you test all your patients or do you kind of, and how do you test them?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. We're testing all our patients on a yearly basis and we're repeating and and really using this as a screening tool. And there's a few ways to do that majority of it is through blood work. And then even then, there's a few ways to diagnose through blood work. So all our patients are getting screened for uh, insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. Uh, kind of the gold standard uh, way of doing so is with a hemoglobin A1c. Very helpful marker because it looks at 90-day average of blood glucose. And so I tell my patients, if you had six milkshakes the day of your lab jar, you didn't eat anything for days, that hemoglobin A1c essentially is going to change so it's a great marker and then from where that hemoglobin a1c results we use an arbitrary cutoff of 6.5 or higher to denote type 2 diabetes but there's a lot of importance and a lot we can do below that 6.5 mark i don't just wipe my hands and say oh you're below 6.5 nothing to talk about here no there's a lot we can tackle before we're in full-blown diabetes and there's a
0: huge reason so 6.5 type 2 diabetes where do you start getting concerned and start tackling it below that number so if a patient has labs on their phone and they can kind of start seeing okay maybe I'm in that insulin resistance type window
1: I mean from a technical numbers uh, point of view 5.7 to 6.5 is that pre-diabetes insulin resistance but I would go a step further and I think it needs to be discussed at uh, at least every visit I mean there's I don't want to say no such thing as a too low, but uh, as a a country, we're dealing with uh, the opposite spectrum, uh, opposite side of the spectrum. So um, we're trying to have that discussion as often as possible. Uh, Most people with insulin resistance are going to not just present with that one criteria of hyperlipidemia, hypertension, central obesity, all these things tie into insulin resistance. So it's a conversation, in my opinion, to be had regardless of number. I'm not there to... Treat a number on a computer. I treat the uh, human
0: being sitting in front of me. So you ha- you have an obese patient or someone with the metabolic syndrome coming to your office, and you're concerned about these these numbers and insulin resistance. How do you start out treating them? Is there a, you know, a beginning, an end, kind of medications, education? What what is your plan of attack with these patients?
1: First and foremost is to have a discussion and, and educate patients. These are conditions that, in my opinion are 100% reversible and curable. And we're talking about insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. They're curable disorders. And education is a huge part of that. There's this old adage, um, we can't out-medicate lifestyle. And there's, certainly, we can talk all day long about medications that can assist with this journey. But the reality is, if our patients don't have the empowerment and the education of what's actually causing the pathophysiology, um, then No amount of medication, in my opinion, is the answer to this. And so discussing uh, the causes of this, which is primarily driven by carbohydrates. Now, everyone gets it. If I eat sugar, I'm at higher risk of insulin uh, resistance and type 2 diabetes. That's a no-brainer. And so reiterating that to our patients, but we have to go one step further and realize it's not just simple glucose and fructose in your diet. It's carbohydrate intake. And so eating that pizza, having that bowl of pasta, Not taste sweet, but for all intensive purposes, I remind my patients, you take a bowl of white sugar, bread, a bowl of pasta, your body metabolizes it to the same stuff. It all is white sugar. And that's what they need to uh, remember.
0: So you talked a lot of this is reversible. We look, what we see a lot of is the downstream effects, things that become irreversible. What are some of those things that people can watch out for? How are those treated? You know, some of the the long-term side effects if they weren't being proactive earlier in life.
1: Yeah, it's uh, important to talk about the complications and the side effects because most of these are, they're very difficult to manage and uh, for all intents and purposes, they're irreversible conditions. Insulin resistance, uh, prolonged insulin resistance leading to type 2 diabetes is going to cause macrovascular and microvascular complications. Things like accelerated atherosclerosis, coronary artery disease, peripheral vascular disease, and then microvascular things uh, related to leaky vessels nephropathy retinopathy uh, neuropathy i always remind my patients this is going to uh, before it amounts to a statistical cause of mortality it's going to take your eyes your kidneys your limbs and so you have to think and that's for all intents and purposes irreversible mm-hmm. and it's going to do that for a good a uh, good few years so uh, in my opinion that's uh, no way to enjoy your life you have a lot to enjoy and so uh, this is something
0: we need to nip in the bud and it's becoming a growing and growing problem like you mentioned okay so we talked about education what are the other treatments as far as medicines i know there's they're coming out every day with new ones because it's such a big problem in the united states where do you start on the medication scale do you start more with some of the new weight loss medications or do you do do preventative with some of the diabetic medications kind of what's your plan of attack it's
1: a there's no cookie cutter approach certainly when we're discussing medications there have been a lot of studies and certainly the gold standard by american Association is to use uh, metformin Mm -hmm. to start rather. Metformin is an oral medication that helps uh, your insulin receptors kind of be more sensitive for all intents and purposes so people aren't getting into the risk of hypoglycemic episodes as much. Um, Certainly there are some side effects to the medication but when we look at medications like insulin or other medications on the market uh, far and few between uh, from a side effect profile. So relatively Safe to take from an adverse reaction standpoint, it does a pretty good job. Uh, people tolerate it well, uh, and it's more importantly weight neutral. And some studies have shown that uh, it can induce some degree of weight loss. There's a lot of medications on the market, and it seems just like iPhone every year, mm-hmm. things kind of develop and come out. Um, there have been a lot of groundbreaking work with glucagon-like peptide one agonists semaglutide being a popular one there's no shortage of uh, advertisements on that these types of medications are very helpful because unlike traditional diabetic medications everyone's familiar with insulin Mm -hmm. insulin will cause you to gain weight Mm -hmm. that's not a debate anymore Mm -hmm. it will cause you to gain weight as will other medications on the market that's troublesome when we're dealing with the disorder that is caused in part by weight gain Mm -hmm. so uh, these glucone like glp1s like semaglutide, they are injectable. They can be injected on a daily or weekly basis. There is a new oral version of it as well. Um, and they help folks with lifestyle changes for all intents and purposes.
0: There are medications. There's education. Do you reach out to nutritionists, things like that? Do you have somebody in your office who can help further education outside, dietitian, things like that, that you recommend these types of patients, you know, seek? Absolutely. I mean,
1: education is first, it, it's the first thing. Uh, route we go, and it's the most important in my opinion. Uh, Nutritionists, dietitians, we utilize them here at Memorial. We refer all our patients. I would, I mean, in my opinion, every single patient that I see, diabetes or not, ought to be established with a nutritionist. It doesn't play out that way in reality, but uh, the nutritionists are uh, are indispensable for what we're tackling. There's a lot of uh, literature and videos on YouTube and and books I could recommend to your listeners that are helpful as well to really hone in on the importance of
0: lifestyle in managing these conditions. So if somebody has insulin resistance and a lot of these patients, you know, start on oral medications, they end up on insulin. How does that work? Do they need to be in combination with an oral medication to make the insulin work better? How does that that play a role in the pathophysiology? It's a good question Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of ways to tackle it. Okay. And I'm sure if you get 10
1: physicians in the room, we could argue about this all day long. In my opinion, my goal is to, if possible, get patients off of insulin. Okay. Insulin can be used in conjunction with a lot of oral medications, metformin, GLP-1s if we need to. But My goal is to get people off of insulin. Insulin has side effects. It, it to some degree, contributes to the underlying pathology, in my opinion. And uh, there's risk to insulin. Insulin's a great medication. Insulin can also kill you. So when people are using insulin, they're injecting themselves multiple times a day. They're pricking their finger multiple times a day to make sure they're within range. They need to be sharp with their arithmetic. We're using uh, things like sliding scales to make and carb counting. So there's a lot of pieces that go into the puzzle. These oral medications are a lot more user friendly, less dangerous, um, and so Come hell or high water, mm-hmm. we're trying to transition our patients off of insulin. Okay,
0: So it has a role, but there are better ways out there, especially with the type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance is what it sounds like. 100%. Okay. Well, Dr. Zizinski, is there anything else you want to leave our, our listening public with before we sign off for the day? Well, I want to thank you again for having me on
1: here. It's uh, always good to come uh, come down into a Owasso. I guess, you know, just to remind your your listeners, I understand that these can be difficult conversations to have about obesity and, and uh insulin resistance and top causes of mortality and and uh, there's a social stigma with it as well I've realized um, but I think we need to continue the journey of reminding people just how important it is mm-hmm. um, we're not here to judge mm-hmm. we're here to help people and uh, sometimes I, I do believe that gets lost in translation but the reality is I've said this before, and my patients hear it on a daily basis, we just simply cannot out-medicate lifestyle. Our goal shouldn't be this laundry list of medications with a laundry list of, of interactions. I want my patients off of medication if possible, and we can do it with certain conditions if we continue to empower them with education, like podcasts.
0: like these. So everybody, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to Dr. Tuzinski for joining us today. And as always, thank you to our listeners for listening to Health Focus. you've enjoyed our show, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is Dr. Flamone saying thank you, and we'll talk to you soon.